Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is Friday, November 20th. I'm Gary. I'm Chris. And we got a lot of football to discuss today. Holy mackerel. Uh, Along with... We got some uh, some thoughts on the NBA draft, I guess you could say. We've got uh, some NFL starting news. We got NFL games being pulled off the betting boards. All kinds of different stuff. Uh, before we get started with that, of course, winningcureseverything.com is the website. Go and check it out. All of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms, everything else that you could possibly need is over there. Uh, you, I mean, I'm serious. Everything. All of our podcast spots, I mean, we're on Apple, we're on Google, we're on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, uh, whatever. Amazon Music, that's the newest one that everybody's jumping over to. Go check it out. We are on all those locations. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave a nice five-star review for sure. We certainly appreciate that. We are hitting record numbers over there, and you guys are the reason. You're sharing the show, you're telling your friends, and we thank you for that. Uh, If you would like to jump into the chat... Obviously, we do the live show Monday, Wednesday, Friday on Periscope, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. You want to jump into the chat? It's right there. Any of those platforms that you are on, it will populate right there on the screen in the bottom left-hand corner. That is where the chat box is. You can be a part of the show, and we would certainly appreciate that. So, uh, with that said, oh, sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF. Sportsbook Review is where we do all of our college football gambling content. We will be live tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time to discuss all the games that are remaining. We now have 16 games that have been canceled or postponed this week. That is a record, but uh, it makes sense. When you've got the Big Ten and the MAC and uh, the Pac-12 and everybody else back playing, you're going to have more games. So that happens. So, Chris, you uh, kind of brought that up to me yesterday during our podcast exclusive about, of course, we're going to have more because there's more people playing now. (laughs) Yeah, it's a smaller percentage now than it was at the beginning of the season when you had half of the games played now, but you had 10 teams that would miss. It was no big deal. Yeah. And now we've increased five games, but we've doubled the amount of possible games. 
Yes. No, you're right about that. Uh, Markevis Iversonis, uh, what's up, big guys? Uh, or sorry, what's up, guys? Big time viewer, y'all won me some money this year. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm glad go. we won somebody some money. <laughs> I don't know about us, but uh, we won somebody some money somewhere. So we appreciate you tuning in for that. Um, let's go on and start off with, the, I guess, the biggest story of the day. And it's kind of a, a retread story, right? Like, we, we talked about this a little bit in the offseason, but James Franklin, like, that, this Penn State issue that, that was brought up again today, apparently there's a former Penn State player that, you know, filed a, a sexual assault uh, complaint, right? A Title IX inquiry into sexual assault allegations in the Penn State locker room. It was Isaiah Humphreys, uh, former defensive back for the Nittany Lions. He has transferred to Cal, but he, like, this is the first paragraph of the ESPN story. It says, uh, Penn State football coach James Franklin told a player not to talk to police following a fight with star linebacker in a 2018 incident that involved punching, choking, and a knife being pulled, according to allegations contained in a university report obtained by ESPN. Um... This is some really insane stuff, right? So Humphrey sued the school earlier this year. Uh, the report, which does not include conclusions by investigators, contains interviews with dozens of players. Basically, the defensive back, Humphreys, said that Franklin told him, uh, do not talk to the police because Micah Parsons is our star player. He makes money, so if he gets in trouble, uh, you're gone. Talking about Humphreys would be gone off the team. These are... Pretty massive uh, allegations, right? That's a that's a pretty damning allegation. If if that you is, are doing that, that is from the head coach to a player, specifically giving instructions, do not talk to the police about something that you feel is is making you unsafe. I mean, this is the person that called the police. Yeah, that's that's insane. Uh, Humphreys, who transferred to Cal last year, has alleged sexual harassment by Parsons defensive tackle Damian Barber and defensive lineman Eder Gross Matos, uh, or Matos, whatever you want to say, uh, who is, I mean, he's already in the NFL. So, yep. I mean, that's kind of pretty big names, right? And so uh, he repeated those allegations in a January lawsuit that names Barber Franklin and the school as defendants. Uh, the school's document includes denials of the allegations from Barber and Gross Matos. Uh, the document states that Parsons reviewed the draft of the report in August 2019. He did not respond to ESPN's request for comment. This is uh, it, so. It's so they threatened him. They told him that they were making him a bitch because this is prison. And Barber said, "I'm going to send Dusky you." Uh, this is really insane. They, I'm not even going to get into all the different things that they did, but uh, that in and of itself is really bad. I'll tell you this: the like, person that allegedly pulled the knife was him. Yeah, he's the one, and he openly admitted. I pulled a knife on them to keep them off of me, which is insane. I mean, I mean it's that's, just like that. That tells you that tells you there's a lot. He's willing to admit that you know I was I was willing to get pretty violent, deadly violent. Yeah. If in, if in order to protect himself to protect myself against these guys, that that I mean that that says something because there are allegations against. I mean that that he would have to prove self-defense in admitting that he pulled a knife on them. Do you think that this goes on in in more locker rooms than we think? I, I really don't. I really do think that hazing has kind of died off. That's what I and thought. I think, I think there are a lot of – I mean, I, I'm fr- I know this. In the high school world, 
I'm friends with guys that are coaches at the high school level, some at big schools, some at little schools. And I'm going to tell you, not a damn – I mean, they will talk about how what we used to do in school now, not one of their kids would dare do to one of them. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I, I feel like. So, Barber um, said that – or, sorry, another player said Barber would dance around in the locker room naked, chase guys, give them hugs while he was naked or in tub shorts. Um, this was all in the investigator's report. He said that uh, he saw Barber wrestle and simulate a sex act with a teammate – on one occasion, um, I mean, there there were a lot of different things. Uh, now, Barber says that he was always fully clothed, and no one took it seriously. That it was always a joke. But yeah, that I I could see, and I'm not I'm not Mrs. Clutch, clutch my pearls, okay? Yeah, like some of those things being said, I could a hundred percent see happening in a locker room. Yeah, and as long as everybody, both sides, are laughing about it. And and really just screwing around, I'm I'm willing to give these guys a pass. I understand they are young and they are goofballs, and it's fun to be silly sometimes. Okay, yeah. and they're in a world where they're watched all the time. So the only time they really can be silly is around one another in that locker room. I I get that as long as everybody's okay. Once you start getting threatening, and and it becomes. <sighs> I don't want to sound cow, but it becomes bullying and it becomes, you know, aggressive. Then, then you have to stop. Now this is no longer fun. And now you're, you're fucking with somebody yeah. and that has to stop. Yeah. I'm this whole thing. So, so let's get back to Franklin. If it is proven that he told this kid that do not go to the police or, you know, I'm going to kick you off. Well, there'll the be no way to prove that because it seems to be that's they're the only two people in that involved in that conversation. Yeah, they, so, now he has I, vehemently denied this, right? Franklin yeah. has. So there's no there's no way to prove that conversation happened unless this kid somehow recorded that, but I doubt it happened. Yeah, that's. I'm going to bet Franklin say. made sure he was in a he was in a safe space when he could say that. Yeah, that's the only thing that I could that I could see. I just now I'll tell you this: the only thing I can think of is is if this kid called the police. And then the police said that he reported nothing, you know, that, that corroborates a little bit of why did you call us and then not say anything? Well, because I called you and then I was threatened. And so I denied. Yeah. That's the whole thing just stinks. Like it just stinks. Like, I don't know. Something's, something's weird about it. Something strange. I'm not sure uh, what I want to what I want to buy off of this, like what, yep. you know, who to believe, whatever. I want to believe the kid, but I also, like, I don't know why he would bring a lawsuit against the school unless he really believed that he was right. And yep. that's where it gets kind of kind of sticky. You know, I, I don't know that you could ever hate somebody enough if you are uh, just a, a college player, and I, I don't know what this kid's background is. I could not imagine that he hates James Franklin enough to bring a lawsuit against the former university uh, without there being some level of truth to it. No, and once again, he, you know, admitting yourself to, to, to basically doing something that is against the law and, 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 you know, pulling a knife and threatening, you know, the life of people. Yeah. You know, he openly, he didn't have to admit that. Yeah, no, you're, you're he, right He could that. have easily conveniently left that part out. Uh, Matt Miller jumps in on YouTube, said, have you guys talked about the Ed Orgeron and LSU sexual assault stuff? We've touched on it. There wasn't, like, a ton of new stuff in there. Well, yeah, this is just the same story, and I'm not poo-pooing it because I'm the LSU guy 
yeah. Gary will tell you, I don't, I won't defend this shit if it's real. And, and I, I think a lot of it happened. What I think happened though is, is almost all of this stuff I think happened while he was just a, a, a defensive line coach. I don't know if it was all of it. There, there was some that happened on, on his watch, but, and there were a lot of cases, but yep. you know, a lot of it has been previously reported and yep. some of it is not even, you know, not, not even football. You know, it's it's whatever else. It is definitely. This is. Disgusting. I will tell you this. I believe that the LSU stuff is a school problem, yes. more than a football problem. Oh, one hundred percent. Because it, it's, because it's it seems to be happening on fraternities. It seems to be happening with with regular students, not even Greek, just just standard students. Um, this is this is a school. This is a school president. This is a school wide investigation. It doesn't doesn't mean Ed's absolved of this, but I'll tell you this. this so these these are two different instances. I'll tell you my opinion about both of them. One one only has to do with football guys in a football locker room. Well, and, and the so reason, that coach, hold on, hold on. So that coach is responsible yes. for what happens in there. And that, let me, reported, let me, let me, before you get to all of that, the reason we're talking about the James Franklin thing is it is a coach telling a player who is alleging sexual assault that he will be kicked the off the team if he talks about it. Threatening him, yes, threatening retaliation yeah. if he talks to the police. So, so that is, that is clearly the coach is involved and the coach has to answer the, the LSU stuff. I'm, this is not, I, I've been consistent as consistent gets. Cause if you go back to listen to when we dealt with all the Baylor stuff is why are these people going to their, their, coaches. their victims, coaches? Why, if, if you were ever sexually assaulted or regularly assaulted or, or, or violated in any way by someone why would you go to their employer or their educator? Why are we not going to the police? This kid tried to go to the police. Okay. That's, that's what I've been screaming for people to do. Don't, don't go to their coaches because their coaches are going to, to, to not all of them are going to sweep this under the rug, but what, I don't know what you expect the coach to do other than yeah. pick up the phone and then just call the police. It's, it's but, a coach. And, and if you were going, so if you are, a victim. That would be and like go, going to one of these people's parents because these coaches have taken father figure roles yes. in these kids' lives. That's not a wise thing to do. I'm never victim blaming, but I'm saying they have to stop thinking that we can go to the school for the answers for this. They have to start going to the police. Yeah, and Ryan McCracken jumps in, kids see coaches as authority figures. And yes, they do, but... It, but the, you don't go player, to an authority figure. Right. The player has a relationship with that coach. Like, the coach, even if he tries not to, is always going to have a bit of a bias towards believing their player as opposed to somebody that they don't know. And it's it's tough to get away from that, and that's why you have to have somebody else be able to handle this stuff. Uh, the, the Penn State thing, getting back to that, uh, the James Franklin issue, uh, one, yes, if there is sexual assault going on in the locker room, like, I would imagine, one, it's not going on in front of Franklin, but two, the biggest damning indictment right here is him telling a player that he would be kicked off the team if he gets his star player in trouble. Yes, like I, yes. that is insane to me. Like I, I, I can't imagine having that, the balls to threaten yeah. that. Oh my god, like, no, that's just that's, insane. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, it's and, and I'll tell you insane. this: I would challenge people to go back now that all the dust has settled in the Baylor stuff. Go back and look at that horrible, horrible things were happening at Baylor. And Art Browse was was completely railroaded and scapegoated a hundred percent. He is a football coach, and every one of those kids that were violated or or accused 
a hundred percent of them were kicked off of the team, but one and one was heavily disciplined and was reported to the police. And when uh, violations came down, he was then kicked off, but everybody else was kicked off well before the police even got involved And all of the football players. There were basically three, the three football players, every one of them, but one was completely acquitted in court. Yeah. Found that it did not happen. Not, not just, not just not guilty found that the, the allegations did not happen. Yeah. And, and so therefore Art Browse paid and is still paying a huge, huge price for something when he actually did, kick every one of these kids off the team, two of which never deserved it. Absolutely never deserved it. Now, that's not to say that some of the stuff that was going on at Baylor was no, not it, like... A in, lot of in, horrible things yes. happened at Baylor. It wasn't around the football program. It was a school problem that they were covering these things up. The football team gets all the attention, and so that got all the attention, and, and one guy now has lost his career for it. If that stuff's happening at LSU, people's heads need to roll. Yes. That's, they, they need to go, and a big investigation needs to be done. The, the problem is is we need to stop scapegoating people, and we need to actually punish those who are the wrongdoers and not just, oh, somebody needs to go. You're the face of the program. Let's get you out of here. Yeah, this this was not an Ed Orgeron problem at LSU. This was way bigger than that. This it was is- before Ed, and it seems to be after Ed, and it seems to be school-wide. Doesn't mean I don't take it seriously, and I'm not. I'm not defending Ed. If if Ed knew, he should have done something about it with his guys. But at the end of the day, the the blanket rule for anybody that's out there that knows a victim, you can't go to the coaches, and you can't even go to administration. You go to the police. Yes. That's that's where you have to go. Yes, you're right about that. So this whole incident with with Penn State. I would have to imagine, so if something goes crazy, USC decides that they're going to fire Clay Helton, they are looking for a head coach, this would be a landing spot for James Franklin. Because oh, I, would I don't have, know. I don't know about that anymore. I mean, you, you might be right. With this whole thing, now, if he's exonerated, if it, like if, if... But there's no way to exonerate him, Gary. Yeah, well... That's not possible. Yeah, because there there won't be a trial against Franklin or anything like that. Nope. This is just going to hang over him ever, forever. There ever won't be evidence. There, there is, we have all the evidence that we can possibly have. He threatened me with this. Yeah. You can have other evidence of other things, but this conversation between him that this kid's uh, alleging, there, there's no evidence, and there's no investigating that. Did, yeah. you, did you say that? No. Did he say that? Yes. That's the investigation. Yeah, that's, that's all we've got. So I, I don't know, like I, I would imagine if Penn State gets back to – you know, doing what they're doing, as long as you win. It's the name of our show, Winning Cures Everything. Uh, it doesn't always. We know that. But, you know, oh, they, it's a great they will slogan. Look at it. it makes a cool title for a show. It's it's 100% not true. Winning yeah. a lot of times hides flaws. Yes, this is true. Matt Miller said, I think everyone at Baylor got fired, though. The AD, the president, it was the chancellor and, uh, and yeah. others. Yeah, Kenneth Starr, the chancellor. Funny thing about that, but they all got one jobs. Of those people that got fired all have jobs now except for Art. Yeah, because Art can't get hired anywhere. But but art art has to pay the ultimate price. Those other people were actually culpable in a lot of this stuff. Yes, art they were was a hundred percent not, and he's the one that can't get employment. Yeah, and it's insane, and it's it's because people are coming after him, thinking he was responsible for uh, some of the heinous things that went down, but he wasn't. Like it was above his pay grade. He's a football coach. Like he's going to coach the guys that are out there. It's just. Just ridiculous. Uh, Matt Miller said, if this turns out to be true, you think they clean house at, at Penn State? 
Uh, well, I think I think at the football level you do. I don't know that you. I don't know if you have to get rid of the president and the AD and everybody else. Yeah, because but I definitely a, think at the football level you do. This is one incident, but they're never going to be able to prove it. That's the problem. Is at some point in time, do you find this person to be believable or not? Yeah, and and you have to have corroborating witnesses. You have to have all that kind of stuff. And I don't know that you have to have those things. I think if you think. If you think that this person's believable and you're that administration, you have the right to say, I trust this guy. Now, they probably can't fire him for call, so if they owe him anything on his contract, they're going to pay it out. But we, we're going to go with his word, and we're going to move on from you. In August 2019, according to the report, a person described as unidentified delivered several pages of documents to Penn State's Office of Sexual Misconduct Prevention and Response. In them, 68 Nittany Lions players signed their names to a statement that read, in part, we have not witnessed anyone sexually assaulted or assaulted in any way in our locker room. Said many of the players interviewed in the draft report obtained by ESPN either said they did not see or denied there had been any non-consensual touching within the locker room. Many of those same players said if there was any wrestling, it was playful and consensual and not meant to demean. So So I I agree with that part. I 100% think that the majority of all this stuff is 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 consensual or or playful and both parties were were fine with it. I've been there, I've done that. My my issue is is I don't know that this situation didn't happen yeah. and wasn't consensual. And I, I they could have easily been two or three guys saw one guy really uncomfortable about whatever was going on. And you know how how things like this go is oh this bothers him. Now, now let's let's ramp it up. Let's ramp it up even more. Let's ramp it up even more, and let's see how far we can go before we get this guy to break. And they did, and yeah. he broke. Danny Tortillas. I, that hundred percent sounds absolutely plausible, knowing everything I know about guys and locker rooms and and how we act around one another. Yeah, no, it, it's true. Uh, Danny Tortilla said, "Clean house now." Matt Miller said, "If he called campus police, they will cover it up." They've done that before. Always yeah, call that's why you got to call the police. police. The real yeah. police. No, don't don't call the bullshit police. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Marquevis Iverson, uh, Iver, Iversonis. Man, I, I, I can't get that name right. Uh, he said Penn State just needs to burn it down. Sheesh. And then Birdie said, hello, men. I hope you're well. Crazy stuff. Thanks for talking this out. Yeah, that's, that's the point of bringing this up, right? It's just yeah. figure out exactly where we are, like where we stand on this. You know, if it is found to be true, I don't know that you can fire James Franklin for cause right now. Right? No, like you I, can't fire him for calls, but you definitely have enough smoke to where you can fire him and move on and justify it to your alumni base. Yeah, if if this season, like if if he ends up no wins, whatever, and it, you're looking for a way helps. to get out, anyway. it kind of helps that they're sucking pretty yeah. bad. No, you got that right because if they like, were sitting four and zero, you know, we're, we're having a different conversation. But with yeah. them blowing, because I kind of feel the same thing about the LSU stuff. Is while LSU's looking really bad right now, if Ed is culpable in the LSU problem, then he needs to go. It's a guys-to-go situation. I love the man. I worship the man. man got me a handwritten letter right behind my wall. It meant a lot to me, okay? But if he's culpable in these things, he's got to go. That's yeah. just, you just, it's just not allowed. It's you it's very it. basic stuff, right? It's it, yes. if, if you are responsible for allowing things like this to continue going, then you are a piece of shit and you need to be fired. Like that's yep. that's the way it goes. I, However, I, complete, I completely agree. Not all of them are black and white like that, though. No, no, no. We live. Well, here's the thing. None of these stories are ever black and white. Yeah. We we live in variations of gray, and that is that is where the crux of our life is always going to take place. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. And 
And it's just one of those things where we all have to figure out. Cause I, I, I literally, I read this USA report today report or the, the SI report, which whoever won that actually wrote the report and, and about my school and my team and my coach that I love. And I, and I have to reconcile myself with what is, what is my responsibility as a fan? What am I supposed to think or what am I? And I literally said these exact same things when Baylor was going through it. So you're a Baylor fan and you're a a good, wholesome, productive member of society, taxpayer, a a good guy in your community. Like you didn't do any of these things and you don't condone any of these. You just like the football team. You just love the school. Like what is your role in this? What is your response in this? What is your responsibility in this? And I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. I know this. I won't condone it and I won't defend people who did wrong. Yes. But, but there are different levels of I need to know they really did wrong. But just like because the, the Penn I State fans, them. right? Penn State fans the same way here. Like I, I guarantee that no Penn State fan condones no. sexual assault in the no. locker room. None, like, none of them. And it's and it, they're already living with a shame that we'll never forget, yes. and they'll never forget. Yes, agreed. Uh, Matt Miller said, I also believe it's possible sometimes coaches don't always know. Uh, what all their players do all the time. It's hard to babysit 85 to 100 people. Well, especially well it's not with possible. The, with the limits that they put on uh, on these coaches, they can't be around the kids more than like 20 hours a week. It's yeah. impossible to keep up with all of them. Uh, Birdie said, even heroes can turn out to be bad. The days of being a, quote, great coach and getting away with bad things, uh, if he did, are done. Uh, yeah, society's changing. That. Yeah, and he said, great points, Chris. Yeah. I mean, it, it's I, true. I completely believe that though the days of doing things in the dark, I do think that the days of threatening a kid like this are over. I think these kids realize we have way more power than these coaches do. Well, it's and the if great you Marshall ask thing. me to do something wrong, we are going to bury, bury you. Yeah, it's nobody is is too big now. Nope. Nobody is bigger than the school. Nobody's bigger than each individual player. Really, uh, the Greg Marshall incident. You know, it this stuff happened in 2015 and 2017. Yeah, yep. Greg Marshall was just fired for it. Now that's everybody. We didn't really talk about this, but the reason he was paid seven point seven five million dollars uh, on his way out the door is if anybody at that school knew about this stuff and they're just now firing him as opposed to when it actually happened, then they are culpable for the stuff that that's went right. on. So just pay him the seven point seven five. Tell him to shut up on his way out the door, and then when also if if you know, he sues you and 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 you have to fight it in court, now all of these people are getting subpoenaed, and all these people are giving uh, affidavits and statements, and and it's just a big rigmarole. And there's a chance that if one person changes their story or forgets a detail or adds a detail to their story, then all of a sudden this case gets thrown out and this guy wins the case. You owe him everything. And you look like the bad guys that bungled this, just write the check. It's going to a, a bad guy, but if it wasn't going to him, it'd just be going to attorneys. You're not going to save any money. Yeah. So no, it, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. Birdie said, we all rush to hang uh, guilty on people uh, we need to slow down, let the process play out, and let uh, let the truth come out when we act appropriately. Great convo, guys. Uh, and then Ryan McCracken said, uh, good segue, UMass team total over nine and a half. Man, Ryan, literally minutes before we went live, I was debating on betting the under nine. So where I play, uh, it's at nine, not even nine and a half. And I was thinking strongly about going under. Well, here's, here's the deal. Uh <laughs> So, I've told you guys this multiple times. My father has told me, never bet on a bad team to be good. So, UMass is terrible. They are awful. And they scored 10 against uh, against uh, uh, Marshall, Marshall 
That's the problem. But, That's the problem. I'm not betting on them to be to score 10 is not mean they're good. Yeah. It's just there's 60 minutes for them to fall into the end zone. Yes. Yes, you're right, and I, I just if they use a punt good, snap, that's considering any, they make them punt at any point in time. I, you know, I don't know how to explain this. I'm I'm afraid of the number nine, and I I cowered it out. You're thinking about going over nine. I don't. That would scare me just as much. Cheers to that. <laughs> good gracious. All right, let's let's move off of uh, off this topic. Let's uh let's talk for a second about Taysom Hill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat. Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket. Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Taysom Hill is going to be the starter for the New Orleans Saints this weekend over Jameis Winston. Uh, It has been announced, or not announced, I guess reported by Adam Schefter and that bunch, that there will be no packages for Jameis Winston this weekend. It is Taysom Hill or bust. They I are, love this so much. I believe, I believe I had this. You you did say this on Wednesday's show because I, I brought up, man, I think Jameis is going to play. He fits that offense better, et cetera. A- at this point, Think now. You told me you believe Sean Payton is tired of running this offense with Drew Brees because he's he's old and you can't do uh, as much. Tired's a relative term, but yes, I think he has been wait. I think he, like Bill Belichick, has been waiting for a long time. As the game has evolved, they've had these old, great, great first ballot Hall of Fame pocket passing quarterbacks that cannot move, that are deadly accurate, but they cannot move. And they've seen the the game evolve, and they're watching your Watsons and your Mahomes and your Lamars and your Josh Allens, and they're seeing guys make plays with their legs and running crazy design schemes. And I think these are creative football geniuses, and they are having to be boring because of who their quarterback is. And I think Sean Payton has been waiting a long time to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to do something crazy. And yep. I love it. And I cannot wait for it. It's going to be awesome. It, it should be a fun ball game. I'm curious to see what he looks like throwing the football. Obviously, the Saints believe in him. Otherwise, they wouldn't have paid him uh, $18 million this yeah. year. I mean, we it, thought that was crazy. Yeah. I really believe that he, he that like that's what they did is he's their backup. He's their number two, not Jameis. Yeah. I mean, Jameis is, is making a million dollars. Now, could part of this be, uh, be that they are trying to figure out what they've got with Taysom? 
it, is that a big part of this, do you think? Um, I think some of that is, but I think they trust him. I, I'll tell you this. I think, I think they trust him more than Jameis because they saw in the 10 passes Jameis threw, he he definitely gave the other team an interception. They just didn't catch it. Yeah. But, I mean, it hit the guys in the hand and then in the face, and then you just don't throw a more catchable ball to the defense. And I think Sean Payton says, we're going to throw it 30 times. And if you're going to turn it over one out of every 30, every 10, I, we can't survive with three turnovers. Yeah. We just can't. Matt, uh, Matt said Jameis wants to eat that W. <laughs> no. Well, he, he, he might want to eat it. He might want to eat it, but he's going to have to keep sitting on the sideline. He's going to have to eat somebody else's W. You can, you can believe that. You can believe that. All right. Yeah, I, I think I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm curious to see it. I want to see what he looks like actually running an offense. And I want to see what the uh, – I want to see what their offense looks like this uh, way. A smidge of a tip to everybody out there in fantasy world. Taysom Hill is, I think, rated a quarterback and a tight end. Yeah. So go pick his ass up if he's available. Now, if I, your league halfway pays attention, he's not going to be available anymore. Yes, but that, that thing is gone. Um, the second Breeze went down last week, I went and put waiver claims in on every league for Taysom because I get to throw him in my shitty tight end spot, and I get to be the I get to have two quarterbacks, basically. Yeah, Birdie said, I don't think so, Gary. You don't pay a gimmick player that much money if you don't know what you got in him. I, no, I think they know what they got. I in think him. they know. Yeah, I think they know, and and we'll see. I think we're all going to be pretty impressed. Uh, Damien said, "I think not having Jameis Winston play is dumb, especially after what happened with uh, the Breeze controversy. I think if Saints want to clear things with the fans, they should play Winston. Uh, That's a I terrible think, reason to do anything. Yeah, I the think only you reason you play game. anybody in the football in the NFL is, is to give you your best chance to win. You don't you don't make you don't make statements. These guys just want to win. That's all they want to do. Yeah, that's it." That's all they want to do. And I, I totally understand. Like, hey, all you want to do is win the ball game. Just win the yep. ball game. So, all right, let's move off of that one. Let's move into, hey, NBA draft. I have a, a hypothetical question for you. Okay. So, and this this is kind of dumb, but I heard uh, somebody else. Oh, Chris Vernon actually brought it up. And it, it's playful. It's stupid. It's whatever. But he brings up the idea because LaMelo Ball went third to the Charlotte Hornets, right? And that's MJ's team. MJ signed off on the the. Uh, draft pick, etc. Is it possible? Because we all watch the last dance, right? Is it possible that MJ, Michael Jordan, drafted LaMelo Ball just to be able to trash the Ball family? Like, it, it, uh, now maybe maybe that's a step too far, but you, we've heard LeVar Ball talk all this crazy trash about Michael Jordan and how LeVar could beat MJ in 101 and that LaMelo is going to be the greatest player, even better than Michael Jordan, and blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I'm i curious, your thoughts here. Like it, My <laughs> thoughts are this. If you, A, you don't, you don't risk your billion-dollar, multi-billion-dollar, I think every team now is over a billion, um, billion-dollar asset. Yeah, your franchise. Your franchise on, on showing up somebody, okay, on trying to stick it to somebody. All right. I would tell you if if you think LaMelo is your best chance to win and you're the best player on the board, you take him. And I think you take him in spite of his daddy. Yes. Now, here's where I think Jordan puts his ego at rest and he gets a little something out of this. We know Jordan's a gambler. We know Daddy Ball can probably be, be talked into a lot of bullshit. Oh, yes. He says he can beat Jordan one-on-one. Let's let's negotiate this contract. 
All right. I give a number. I write a number down. You write a number down. We play one on one. Who numbers? Whoever's number wins, they get that number. I can get down with that. I can get down with that. Now Lamelo's the only loser in this. Okay. Oh yes. Where Daddy's gonna be. Daddy's gonna be playing for Melo's contract. All right. But hey, listen. Put your money where your mouth is. I, I could so get down. With, they they so could that, sell pay per view. That, that I could deal with. Oh, I'd that love I to could see. handle. I would love to see it. Do you find it strange that no GM, coach, office personnel really wanted to touch the balls, but um, Magic Johnson took Lonzo and Jordan took LaMelo? Like, it took a former player to say, I care more about – because that's a player thing. I just care more about the talent, and I don't really care about the distractions. It's always GMs and coaches, people who see the game from 50,000 feet and look down, and they're looking big picture. And former players just see, I, what does this guy bring on the court? I don't care about anything else. I can, We can deal with any other problem. I think, it's what do easier, they bring on the court? I think it's easier to do it in, I feel like it was almost like a, I feel like it was a, a, a show with Lonzo in L.A., Right, like I, it, there was always something going on. It, it, it's a bigger market. It's all that. I think it's easier to take the Ball family in Charlotte because it's a small market. Like it's a, yeah. it, it's smaller team. You're not gonna I have agree. TMZ, you know, hanging outside of every practice. You're not gonna have TMZ calling up Lavar every time. Well, there's a really good chance Lavar you know? won't be there, which is the other. No, thing. No, he's gonna stay LeVar, in LA. Like Lavar was there every day in LA, and now Lavar's not gonna be around. He ain't he gonna be in Charlotte. There. Yeah, he he's not going to be in Charlotte. So I I am curious um you know, I, I I think it's a better situation for him. Uh Birdie said interesting take, a true believer or a true leader brings skeptics to believers. I think MJ is doing this kid a great service. MJ is a true leader and when the Ball family is publicly endorsing MJ, he wins. Yeah, because I I don't think LeVar Ball is going to be talking trash about how there's no talent around uh LaMelo or anything like that because I I think I think there is a little bit of respect for Michael Jordan. And it's weird to say that there might not have been any for Magic Johnson, but you know it's not like it's not like Michael Jordan is the GM of Charlotte, right? No, but I'm going to tell you this: if if they're not winning, which they're probably not going to for a while, Charlotte's not a good team. Daddy's going to have some things to say, and then at some point in time, do you do you move on because it's not worth hurting the franchise? Listening to Daddy destroy the franchise. Yeah, it's possible. He's, gonna criti- he's going to criticize the coach. He's going to criticize the GM. He's going to criticize the other players. And at some point in time, it's one thing to criticize the coach and criticize the GM. That's what a lot of fans do. To hear the father of a teammate criticize you personally and your abilities on the court, that's different. That's yes. different. I think the players don't take don't take kindly to that. Uh, you you see how much better Lonzo got when he got away from L.A. I mean, yes. it was just ridiculous. He, he's so much better with the Pelicans than he was with the Lakers. It's it's crazy. Um, let's see. Damien said, I'm just glad Chicago didn't draft him. Uh, your last crap said, BJB, Big Jordan brand collab. Yeah. <laughs> and Matt Miller said, LaMelo is the most talented of the brothers. I actually think that causes LeVar to be louder unless he learned from the Lonzo uh, experiment. And well, he didn't it, learn anything. I don't yeah, think he learned He didn't learn shit, okay? Yeah. You can't teach a dog, an old dog new tricks, all right? What you are at 40-something years old, that's what you will be into the day you die. Do you, uh, do you see what Alonzo Chico said? I, I <laughs> caught it. I caught it when you said it. He's, <laughs> he said, touch the balls. <laughs> when you said it, I wanted to make the joke, but I was like, 
Man, we're trying to have a serious conversation. I can't get into. I don't that. know how serious this conversation is. We're talking uh, about a caricature of a dude who's yeah. a dad of of a pretty talented player. Yeah, no, you're you're right about okay. that. Was, but this dude is a caricature. Was there anything that surprised you out of the NBA draft at all? I, I couldn't tell you no because I didn't know anything about this draft. I, I don't learn anything from college basketball until March, and I didn't get March. Yeah. No, I can I can understand it. So, so I, I was less than useless. I saw Celtics fans annoyed and pissed off, and they all hate Danny Ainge all of a sudden now. Like I don't I don't know what's going on in their life, but Ainge has been the greatest GM in the history of basketball for a long, long, long time, and then all of a sudden now he's the Antichrist. So I don't know. Uh, Ryan McCracken said Lavar's college coach said he couldn't score twenty if he was in the gym by himself. Like <laughs> Matt Miller said, if you guys watch Lavar play basketball, it's sad. Uh, I've seen some YouTube clips. Like, any, he ain't awful. You know, it's whatever. It is whatever. Um, let's see. Damien said, who the hell is Patrick Williams? Uh, played for Florida State last year. So, he's he's good. Uh, and then Matt Miller said, go to YouTube for a laugh. It, it, just search in, you know, LeVar, LeVar Ball playing basketball or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, that is what it is. Uh, Alabama's Kyra Lewis went number 13 to the Pelicans. So, that Drew Holiday deal, uh, they went ahead and got their point guard for the future. Um you know, Devin Vassell, Florida State uh, shooting guard, went to the Spurs. I was kind of surprised by that, but I, I think that's one of those kids that is just going to be quiet and learn. Memphis is precious to Chua, went to the Heat. Uh, there was, you know, some interesting pickups, and, and, you know, our Grizzlies doing it again. They go out and get Xavier Tillman. They go out and get Desmond Bain from TCU, which I, you can only imagine the shirts and everything else if Bain ends up being a pretty good player. Uh, yep. But that kid shot 44% from three this year. Shot 560-some-odd attempts and, and shot 44%. That is insane. So And that's what they needed. So definitely what they needed. Uh, Matt Miller said he basically got a copy of Bam. Yeah. No, they certainly did. Certainly, Precious Juba is a player, man. Absolute yep. player. He's, yeah, he's going to be good. He's going to be good. I think he's good. Uh, and he landed in a good spot. Yes. But I think I think Spolster's one of the top five coaches in the NBA. Oh, and Achua fits that locker room culture. I mean, it, it, the Heat are nothing but Bulldogs, man. I mean, it's uh, no, just, yeah, oh. I completely agree. I really hope that that uh, that's where Butler ends up staying and finding a home. He has had a hard time finding his place in the world in the NBA. But that guy, he truly was the best player in the NBA at the bubble until he ran into – LeBron and AD. I'm going to tell you, if LeBron didn't have AD or AD didn't have, didn't have LeBron, Butler was winning that series. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right, uh, Damian. I, I think I think it took two on one to beat him. Damian said, uh, "How do y'all think the Knicks did? Uh, they they took Obi Toppin early, uh, and I didn't even pay attention to what they did after that because I think Obi Toppin was probably one of the best two players in this draft. Uh, yep. he is insane. And then they're the smartest thing that they did afterwards." is they dropped $40 million in cap space. I, I was like, just about to say, yeah. they got a metric shit ton of cap money. Yes, they most certainly did, and they were smart about it. So I I think the Knicks did okay. Like this is the, it, You're not going to hear a bunch about it because they didn't make any splashes, but they, they played this one They smart. need to stop making splashes for a while. Yes. Oh, my God. I think just, they need to build a team and build a, get a good, solid foundation where – a couple of superstars would like to end up. Yes, most certainly. Uh, Matt Miller said OKC acquired the final Infinity Stone with all those damn draft picks. Yes, you are. Yeah, correct. they. Uh, Sam Presti has all the picks. Uh, all of them for the next like, three drafts. It's insane. Yeah, uh, have twenty. It's an, yeah, it's a lot. It's just twenty. It's 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 absurd. How bigger numbers. NBA rosters? They're, they're they're only like fifteen 15. people, right? Yeah, 
15. And now you've also got like your uh, your G League teams and all that that you can fill up. But Do you own those guys though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, most certainly. Because you can sign okay. two way deals. You can sign just whatever. Uh, Matt right. Miller said 17 in five years. Yeah, it's, it's absurd. That's ridiculous. Uh, but That's they, ridiculous. they're not going to keep all of them. They're going to trade them and they're going to get assets and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, were you surprised at all with, with Penny Hardaway, uh, being in James Wiseman's house for the draft? No, he raised that kid. I know. I, I was just a little, why would I be shocked by that? Well, because of the way things boy. went down with Memphis, you know, like every, everybody know, assumed that it was that just, that wasn't personal. That was the CNCAA. Agreed. But it, no, it, there he were, moved that kid into his house. He lived with him. Why would he not be there on draft night on the biggest night of his life? That's true. That is A true. man you lived with and who coached you from high school all the way up. Why would you not let that guy be there? There was a there was a significant portion of the early part of that draft that was a a Penny Hardaway commercial, and it was uh, that's it good. Was, that's it was interesting good for to see. Memphis. Yep, and a uh, big f you to the NCAA. Just pull the dick out and show it to him. We don't even care anymore. Yeah, uh, your last crap said Kenyon Martin Jr. Um, yeah, he he went second round if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Damien said, do y'all see Van Vliet coming to Chicago? I don't know where Van Vliet's going to end up. I got no idea. Yeah. I, I got, got no idea. I think it's just kind of highest bidder, whoever wants him, you know, whatever. I, I think yeah. he has shown himself to be a championship caliber point guard. I think he's going to be fine. Like it, it, I think he's going to be really good wherever he lands. Yes. He always is. He always is. All right. Let's move off of that. Let's, uh, let's talk for a second. And I, I always like bringing up the UFC stuff. McGregor versus Poirier, two is official January 23rd. I've got a fight that I'm going to buy on pay-per-view now. It is going to take a couple more months, but we finally have McGregor back in the octagon. It's going to be apparently on Fight Island. Now, that's not official yet, but Dana White leaked that out himself. Like, he he said it when he was just talking to a reporter that, yeah, it's going to be on, on Yaz Island. Uh, I'm stoked about this. Like, do you think that this is... Um, what, what, do you, what do you feel about this? I'm excited. I like McGregor's fights. I, I like Poirier. Yeah, yeah, and I like Poirier. I like Poirier a lot. But I think any of those guys that he has an opportunity or an option to fight right now are all good. Yes, this is it, it, like we are now finally I think, getting I away think from... I think he's in a good spot for every fight he could take are going to be really good fights. I think we are finally getting away from the idea that he is scared of fights, right? Yes. Like, I, I, he... For the longest time, it was, oh, he won't fight Tony Ferguson. He won't fight guys that can beat him. He won't. Like, Poirier is a legit dude. Like, yes. he'll fight Poirier. He will end up fighting um, uh, Justin Gaethje. He'll he'll fight whoever he needs to fight. He's going to go get that belt again. Or, or at least he's going to try to. How's that? I'm not going to say that he's going to win it. But uh, he opened up as a minus 220 favorite. Poirier, a plus 180 underdog. January 23rd, I think it's going to be riveting. It's going to be entertaining, and I'm curious about the buildup because the last time for Cowboy Cerrone, uh, there wasn't a lot of talking. You know, the fight sold itself. It was what it was. I am very curious uh, what this is going to be like this go-round with all the press and the media stuff beforehand. Is he going to try and talk trash? Now, we, we know that there's a mutual respect between the two, so I'm curious because and there, they were, and there was with him and Cowboy as well. Yes, and, and that's, I mean, that's what I'm curious about. That's the reason we got the fight that we got with Cowboy and him is because they they I mean they they there's a friendship there. There was more yes. than just respect. Yes, and that and, and with Poirier, like McGregor's already beat him once. Yes, I'm just curious what it's going to be like this go round. Like, do they need McGregor to talk trash to be able to sell this fight? And I don't think they do. 
No, no. I think the name McGregor sells the fight. I yes. think you're fine with that. At some point in time, Dana's going to want to get butts in the seats. That's the problem that we're going to have. Yeah, and and they are like some of these uh, some of these fights that they've had. I mean, have I'm done really shocked. Numbers. I'm really shocked he's not moving more of these fights to Florida because Florida seems to just say, "F it, we're opening up." Yeah. I, I think, like, you can't really put your you got to put your fighters in a bubble, right? Because you but can't how, lose them before on. the fight. What, how, how is that not a bubble? Just create a bubble in Florida. Have them fly in there 14 days before the fight. This is not that hard. I mean, that's a, that's a, there are complete point. resorts that can, that are capable of, of doing this. This yeah. is not, this is not a complicated thing to do. Just because everybody else in Florida is, is going buck wild doesn't mean, doesn't mean the fighters have to. You got, you got, you got 10 days that you got to be here. And, and focus on your job at hand. And then the day of the fight, we're going we're gonna to pack this thing out with 25,000 people. At the big thing about this fight, like I'm surprised it's on Fight Island because McGregor's big thing, he wanted them to do it at Cowboy Stadium. Like yeah. in, in Texas, he, yeah. it's pretty open. Uh, you do it at Cowboy Stadium and you put, I mean, you, you can fit 50,000 people in there because they're doing half capacity. Even if you did one-fourth, you can still put 25,000 people in there. You know, That's what you would do in any arena. Yeah, but but that twenty five thousand would have great views of it because of the big TV, and you could take the top <laughs> off of it, so you've got open air and you've got ventilation. I mean, that's you know, no, that's a that's a no brainer. I don't I don't understand why Dana is not taking advantage of some of these rules in some of these places. I, I will say this: uh, he can sell a ton of pay per views this way, and I like you were going to sell a ton of pay per views anyway. Well, I was going to say but... I don't know that having fans or not having fans will cost you a single pay per view. I mean, it's it'll obviously cost you some because there are people that will be there that would have bought the pay per view. But, but yeah, I I think I think you're right. I think you're right. Like it, it, doing both would have been a lot better than just doing one. So, uh, Bertie said, "Oh, Chris, I watched the Wednesday NFL show and saw you're a lefty. I knew there was a reason I liked you. Are you a lefty? I am a lefty, but how I don't know I, how people knew that in the show. How did I write I, something down? I wonder. I guess so. I have no idea. I, I never even realized that." We've How been friends since the second grade. You don't know anything about me. <laughs> That's insane to me. I guess like I never, I never thought about the fact that that you would be a lefty. I, we think Lincoln's a lefty. My uh, my two year old. So and we've That's been kind of excited about it because we're like, well, he's probably going to be a genius. You know, like See? there's a lot of uh, most of us are a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of geniuses, all that kind of stuff are left handed. So, uh, mm-hmm. Bertie said you were writing in your book. Ah, okay. Ah, uh, okay. That's, yeah. I would have. Who knew? Who knew? Uh, Ryan McCracken, 15,000 Irish fans in a bubble for 10 days. Uh, <laughs> hey, I would jump in that bubble, by the way. I, I am not Irish, but I would come out speaking Irish or however they talk or whatever, and I'll, I'll drink as much whiskey as they'll let me. There you go. Uh, your last crap said, Bertie, give me uh, give me a winner for this Saturday. Uh, Bertie said, I am a lefty, and I am not a genius. I don't know. Bertie Aww. seems kind of smart, man. He's kind of smart. So uh, let's talk about college football for uh, for tonight. Tonight's games, we won't get to talk about it on tomorrow's uh, excuse me, SBR show, Sportsbook Review. Um, Purdue and Minnesota is the big game for the evening. So, you know, there's been a lot go on with this game. Uh, it, it, it appears that the Purdue quarterback is going to be out. Austin O'Connell, I believe the name is. Yes, O'Connell. Um, I, it appears he may be out for this game. He is out. I it, think that's already called. Is it official? I think that's official. Okay. I think it became official earlier today. So, so once that was announced, the line started moving, and it moved, and it moved, and it moved, and it went all the way over to Minnesota, favored by like two and a half at, at some spots. And 
Then it was announced that Minnesota had like 20 dudes out due 20, to, due to COVID protocol. 20 players out from Minnesota. A team that's already not really good at football is going to have no depth. Yes. I mean, it's 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 a, holy mackerel. All right, they just canceled Washington State Stanford. Son of a bitch. Well, I mean, it, it, our bet was going to be in trouble anyway because the the starting quarterback for Washington State. I don't care. I need something to watch late, and I wanted to watch Rolo. Well, I mean, you, you're going to get Boise State. I wanted to watch Rolo. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, golly, that sucks. Okay. Um, I don't care about the bet. I've lost money on dumber things. Um, Man, that sucks. All right, so, yeah, Minnesota has got, like, 20 dudes out. Uh, Golly, that's 17, 17 yeah. games out. Um, I, I I I like Purdue. I think I assume here's what I I work under an assumption. When the head coach is an offensive genius, I just assume that it doesn't matter what quarterback's playing. Obviously, if you have a star quarterback, you might find some you know problems. Well, it's like, like if Ohio you, you State have some type of yeah. decrease. But I just assume that anybody on the roster that's going to take the snaps is going to be fine. Right? They're going to know the offense. The, the head coach is an offensive genius. It's his scheme that's going to beat people. They've got elite talent at the receiver position. I think they're going to be just fine. They're, you know, Instead of dropping 38, might they drop 33? Okay, maybe. I don't know. But, but I think Minnesota's terrible, terrible on defense. I mean, really, really bad. Yeah. And – they're down 20 dudes. I don't know if they're all on defense or if any of them are on defense, but at some point in time, even if they're not starters, that's depth, man. Yeah. This offense is just going to wear them down and wear them out. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I'll take missing right. my starting quarterback, and you have to miss 20 rando dudes, but you get to keep your starting quarterback. I'll take the team that lost their starting quarterback every time. Is uh, Hey, Mark uh, jumped in. He said he likes your glasses. Nice Thank glasses. you, Mark. So, I appreciate some, that. Some I'm people's... a little self-conscious about them. Still trying to figure out, get used to them being on my face. They look good, man. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm a, I'm a big fan of the glasses. Uh, Syracuse, Louisville. So that line jumped up to like 20. Like Louisville minus 20. Uh, what? What? What am I missing? I have not. Seen I don't. A well, I don't thing. know. But I haven't paid any attention. I I wasn't interested in that game when th- Sunday happened. I'm I'm still not interested in that football game. So I, I can understand it. It is 19 and a half pretty much across the board. And I mean, it opened at 17. That's only a two point. Yeah, but it it moved. So it was sitting at 17 and a half uh, all week until this morning. That's fine. Well, I know this. The action is 50 50. It's 58 42. So I'm not worried about any line movement. That doesn't concern me. If you liked it at 17, you don't like it at 19 and a half. I don't know what to tell you. I kind of like Syracuse here. That's fine. I I like Dino Babers, okay? Hey. Let me throw this out at you. What about Pete Thamel saying that uh, Satterfield might be like a top guy for the South Carolina job? Yeah, he he mentioned you think he's two and Q in Louisville. And so he he mentioned that he thinks that Louisville may be too big of a city for Satterfield. That it's not he likes the, a small town, but Columbia isn't small. Yeah, small. It's, it's a lot smaller in Louisville, though. I mean, it's certainly I mean, it's smaller. a lot smaller in Louisville. I'm 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 curious about that because I do think it would be a good hire. Like I think oh, no, no, I think it'd that, be a fantastic. That would be hire. a home run hire. I'm down on him this year because I don't know what the hell is happening with Louisville this year. I love him as a head coach. I think he's an outstanding head coach. Well, we you and I have talked about this in in the second year is when you really start to see the talent disadvantage and and all that kind of stuff. Like where what you really need to build up, right? Um, 
typically. Now, they were able to come in, they used some of the talent that they had last year, they were able to maybe surprise some people because they ran a different scheme and all that, and yes, you, it's tough to look at what they did at App State and see how it could translate over to Louisville. They did yes. different things at Louisville than they did at App State. But Correct. this this go-round, you know, I, I I don't think the second year counts against him. I think it's just... No, I don't either. Know. It's a weird year, and I'm willing to give him a pass. I'm, I'm understanding that this is a weird year, okay? I, that's not it. I just wonder, would he jump ship so quick? Uh, I mean, possibly. the SEC is much harder. I mean, it's a much harder job. There's than, there's no telling in, in what, the ACC. Like what is going on inside of that football program? Like not just with, uh, it not just the program itself, but inside the athletic department. Like does he like yeah. his bosses? Does he like? You know, the the situation around there, are the kids buying in? Does he not feel like he can get done there what he thought he could? You know, now you've had I'll two tell you years. This, he can, while the competition is stiffer, he can recruit better at South Carolina than you can in Louisville. And I, I don't know that the competition is that much more stiff at South Carolina than it is A million Louisville. times stiffer. Well, A million times re- stiffer. The reason I say the, that The only is, common opponent that you might have to play is, is Clemson, and you right. already have – both schools have to play that. All right? Outside of that, they ain't a Georgia, they ain't a Florida, they ain't a Tennessee, they ain't a Kentucky. Kentucky would be the second-best team in the ACC right now if it wasn't for Notre Dame. Right, but what I'm, what I'm saying is, it, yes, it might be easier to, to dominate in the ACC, all that kind of stuff, but when you are at Louisville – you're not going to be able to get the same caliber player at Louisville that you are at South Carolina. Like it's just, it, I don't think. Yeah, it's but possible. you only need a few stars, and with 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 scheming and gimmicks, you can you can kind of dominate that conference if you had to. I think I think you could sweep that conference pretty easily with a with a little bit of talent. Uh, Purdue, by the way, back up to a one point favorite now. <laughs> yeah, and it's been a one point favorite all day that I've seen. I haven't seen them in the plus at all. Somebody t- tweeted me and said that you know they're plus two now, and I literally went and checked it. It wasn't plus two anywhere at all. Uh, so, I was I was able to get them at plus one hundred five a little earlier, and it was at plus two at Bet Online and my bookie and at Bet US at at one okay. point earlier today. Okay. So that's why like I was I so said, confused. I can only um, stop and drop it. I don't care. It doesn't yeah. matter. It, there's no number that I'm not taking Purdue at. I, I got them at minus three. Don't even give a damn. It doesn't hey, matter. I, I think they're going to beat their ass. Birdie said, what about Northwestern game? Like, y'all are getting into Saturday games, man. I, we'll, yeah, we'll we got to do that tomorrow. That's for tomorrow's show. You're jumping in our show tomorrow. Hey, Alonzo Chico said, uh, go Gators. Uh, I think Kyle Trask is not going to win the Heisman. I think Justin Fields might take it. Um, we disagree I, on that. I don't think Fields is going to have enough games. I don't think he's going to have enough stats. I mean, he's got some crazy stats right now. He's almost, okay, but his stats are—they're not as crazy as Kyle Trask. No, they're definitely not as high. I think I think the Heisman this year really might come down to the SEC championship game. It might really come down to Mac Jones and Kyle Trask and whoever ends up having the play that ends up winning the ball game. So, because either one of those teams could absolutely win that game, like because of how how not great the defenses are, right? So, whichever one of those quarterbacks. Uh, wins that game, and in so long as he has a, a pretty dominant performance and there's some kind of magical play that's the Heisman moment, uh, I think that's who is going to end up winning the uh, the Heisman Trophy. And so, but that's, All right, Birdie, I mean, I'll tell you, if you can get 7.5 on Northwestern, take it now. Yeah, if you can get 7.5, take Northwestern. If it's over the hook, if it's over the hook, take it now. If it's still at 7, it ain't moving between now and tomorrow unless it's going up. Uh, I, I do not think there's enough Northwestern money in the world to make it go down. I agree. So I might I be wrong on that, and if it does, then sorry, I, I screwed you. But Mark one said, uh, or Ian Book. 
So I think that's still a See, possibility. I, you know, you know how I feel about Book. I love him. I just I think the stats for some of these guys are just so crazy. It's just going to be impossible to get Book there. Yeah, that's. that's I just the think his thing. statistical numbers are getting blown away by Wilson. It's Wilson Williams at Baylor. Well, no, um, no uh, at BYU. You mean BYU? Yes, Zach, Zach Wilson. Yeah. Wilson, yeah, by Wilson and Trask and Jones. I just don't. I don't know how you find it. I don't well, know where you get th- there. This is how you find it: is Ian Book comes out and has monster games against North Carolina next week, and has a monster game against Clemson, and they end up undefeated because they are the name brand. And then you I got think, the other guys okay. drop off a little bit. I get okay. Yes, he needs all those guys. All those guys drop off. BYU's not dropping off because they don't play anybody. Um, I think that gets him. To Notre Dame. I mean, to Notre Dame. To New York. Yeah. I think that gets into New York. I don't think you get the trophy, though. I think this has become an analytical trophy. I think it's all about analytics. I think it's all about stats today. You might be right. You might be right. And I think these other guys are going to be either undefeated or one loss with just obscene amounts of stats. Yeah. I think think you're right. I think you're right. All right. Let's go ahead and get out of here. What do you say? Uh, Let's go. You guys have been fantastic. We appreciate everybody that jumped in the chat today. We certainly enjoyed these uh, therapy sessions, and you guys help along with that. So keep sharing the show out. Keep subscribed on whatever platform you are subscribed on. And if you're not subscribed, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and knock it out. We are live Monday, Wednesday, Friday on YouTube, Periscope, Twitch, and Facebook. And if you ever miss a live show, we do the podcast. We also have a podcast exclusive on Sunday and on Thursdays. Uh, We also do our SBR show. On Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday. So Saturday morning, it's 11 a.m. Eastern time. Tomorrow, we'll be going over the closing lines. And uh, we're going to have a good time. So go over to sbrpicks.com slash NCAAF or search out the show on YouTube, SBR Picks. Very easy to find over there. Uh, I think, oh, go to winningcureseverything.com. That's our website. You can find everything else you need to. Uh, Birdie said, enjoy your night, men. Thank you. Hey, thank you, guys. We certainly appreciate you for sure. Let's go ahead and jump out. You guys take care of yourself. Take care of each other, and what do you say we cash some tickets this weekend? Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app, visit the website at winningcureseverything.com, or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.